0: Hello everybody and welcome to Get Lit Minute, your weekly podcast for all things poetic, poetry, and poets. My name is Samuel Curtis and I'm the head of productions for Get Lit Words Ignite. Get Lit is a non-profit organization that uses poetry and spoken word to increase literacy and empower young people. Get Lit. Get literacy. Get literate. Um, in this podcast, we focus on the lives, history, and works of classic poets and modern day contemporary poets. Um, These first few episodes, we've been focusing on classic poets, but as we continue to move throughout the series, we're going to start bringing on other hosts, friends of mine, um, employees, colleagues, um, to introduce us to the wonderful world of the modern-day poetry scene and community. So keep on listening. Uh, This is your one-stop shop for poetry, history, and the power of the spoken word. And with that, let's discuss our featured poet for the day, a poetic and literary icon, Maya Angelou. Maya Angelou was an acclaimed American poet, storyteller, activist, and autobiographer. She was born Marguerite Annie Johnson in St. Louis, Missouri on April 4, 1928. She had a broad career as a singer, dancer, actress, composer, and some would consider her to be Hollywood's first female African-American director. But she would become most famous as a writer, an editor, an essayist, playwright and a poet. As a civil rights activist, Angelou worked for Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X. She was also an educator and served as the Reynolds Professor of American Studies at Wake Forest University. By 1975, Angelou was recognized as a spokesperson for all people who are committed to raising the moral standards of living in the United States. She served on two presidential committees, for Gerald Ford in 1975, and for Jimmy Carter in 1977. In 2000, Angelou was awarded the National Medal of Arts by President Bill Clinton, and in 2010, she was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom, the highest civilian honor in the US, by President Barack Obama. Angelou was awarded over 50 honorary degrees before her death. Angelou's most famous work, I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings, from 1969, deals with her early years in Long Beach, St. Louis, and stamps Arkansas, where she lived with her brother and paternal grandmother. In one of its most evocative and controversial moments, Angelou describes how she was abused at a very young age by her mother's boyfriend when she was just seven years old. The man eventually was murdered by her uncles for this crime he placed on young Angelou. And Maya felt responsible, and she stopped talking. Angelou remained mute for five years, but developed a love for language. She read African-American authors like Langston Hughes, W.E.B. Du Bois, and Paul Lawrence Dunbar, as well as the works of William Shakespeare, Charles Dickens, and Edgar Allan Poe. When Angelou was twelve and a half, Mrs. Bertha Flowers, an influential role model in Maya's community, finally got her to speak again. Miss Flowers, as Angelou recalled in her children's book *Miss Flowers: A Moment of Friendship*, emphasized the importance of the spoken word, explained the nature of and importance of education, and instilled in her a love of poetry. Angelou would graduate at the top of her eighth-grade class. In this section of Miss Flowers is just, I feel like at the core, a lot of what Get Lit's all about. A lot of our young people, you know, and you out there listening, to some degree, we all suffer from trauma. And this mentor relationship between Miss Flowers and Maya Angelou really hits a chord with why we do what we do at Get Lit. We really believe that poetry and spoken word has the ability to really change a young person's life it's very important to all of us to be seen and to be heard and many of our young people and just many people in the world we go through trauma and poetry and spoken word is a great tool to be able to heal some of that trauma um just through the fact of being able to share your experience with your peers, your community. And GitLit creates a safe space for that. And we just really admire and lift up teachers like Miss Flowers who who really can support young people who may be going through a difficult time. Um, Just imagine young Maya Angelou who hadn't spoken in five years. What an incredible feat and challenge and courage it took for that young person to come out of their shell and, and for the teacher to be able to use poetry as a way to allow young Maya Angelou to express some of her deepest feelings. Angelou would attend George Washington High School in San Francisco, and she would take lessons in dance and drama on on a scholarship at the California Labor School. When Angelou, just 17, graduated from high school and gave birth to her son, Guy, she began to work as the first African-American and first female streetcar conductor in San Francisco. As she explained in Singing and Swinging and Getting Merry Like Christmas, the third of her autobiographies, She also worked as a shake dancer in nightclubs, fry cook in hamburger joints, dinner cook in a Creole restaurant, and once had a job in a mechanic shop, taking the paint off cars in my hands, she would say. Angelou continued her study of dance in New York City, and she returned to San Francisco to sing in the Purple Onion Cabaret, and began to garner the attention of talent scouts. From 1954 to 1955, she was a member of the cast of a touring production of Porgy and Bess. I got that famous song, "Summertime," and the living is easy. <laughs> During the late 1950s, Angelou sang in West Coast and Hawaiian nightclubs before returning to New York to continue her stage career. And again, this just keeps coming up in all of the poets we've been focusing on these first few episodes, and I imagine it will come up more. This aspect of poets having a wide variety of work experiences and life experiences it's just so valuable for any young poet for any young artist for any artist in general the more diverse and variety you have i think in your work experiences especially when you're just getting started really i think helps you write experiences that many people can relate to You know, One of our great poets here, Mila Kuda, does a web series called Help Videos, and she talks about being specific, how important that is to writing. And sometimes it's hard to be specific into worlds and experiences that you don't know about. So if you stumble into a different field of work or you're really trying to pick up a bunch of different jobs so you can have those experiences, that can be very important to the development of your writing. Angelou joined the Harlem Writers Guild in the late 1950s and met James Baldwin and other important writers. It was during this time that Angelou had the opportunity to hear Dr. Martin Luther King speak. Inspired by his message, she decided to become part of the struggle for civil rights. She was offered a position as the Northern Coordinator for Dr. King's SCLC. Following her work for Dr. King, Angelou moved to Cairo with her son and in 1962 to Ghana in West Africa. She worked as a freelance writer and was a feature editor at the African Review. When Angelou returned to the United States in the mid-1960s, she was encouraged by author James Baldwin and Robert Loomis, an editor at Random House, to write an autobiography. Initially, Angelou declined the offers, but eventually changed her mind and wrote, I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings, which I mentioned earlier. It won immediate success and was nominated for a National Book Award. Angelou was also a prolific and widely read poet, and her poetry has often been lauded most for its depictions of black beauty, the strength of women, and the human spirit, for criticizing the Vietnam War and demanding social justices for all. Just Give Me a Cool Drink of Water Before I Die, which was published in 1971, was nominated for a Pulitzer Prize in 1972. According to Carol Neubauer and Southern Women Writers, the first 20 poems describe the whole gamut of love, from the first moment of passionate discovery to the first suspicion of painful loss. In other poems, Angelou turns her attention to the lives of African-American people in America, from the time of slavery to the rebellious 1960s. Her themes deal broadly with the painful anguish suffered by her people being forced into submission one source of Angelou's fame in the early 1990s was President Bill Clinton's invitation to write and read an inaugural poem. Americans all across the country watched as she read On the Pulse of Morning," which begins a rock, a river, a tree, and calls for peace, racial and religious harmony, and social justice for people of different origins, incomes, genders, and sexual orientations. It recalls the civil rights movement of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s famous I Have a Dream speech, as it urges America to give birth again to the dream of equality. Angelou challenged the new administration and all Americans to work together for progress. Here, on the pulse of this new day, you may have the grace to look up and out, and into your sister's eyes, and into your brother's face, your country, and say simply, very simply with hope. Good morning. So we're gonna close the episode out with Caged Bird, a poem called Caged Bird, which was published in Maya Angelou's 1983 poetry collection, Shaker, Why Don't You Sing? This poem describes the opposing experiences between two birds. One bird is able to live in nature as it pleases, while a different caged bird suffers in captivity. Using the extended metaphor of the two birds, Angelou paints a critical portrait of oppression in which she illuminates the privilege and entitlement of the unoppressed and conveys the simultaneous experience of suffering and emotional resilience. Caged Bird by Maya Angelou A free bird leaps on the back of the wind and floats downstream till the current ends and dips his wing in the orange sun rays and dares to claim the sky. But a bird that stalks down his narrow cage can seldom see through his bars of rage. His wings are clipped and his feet are tied, so he opens his throat to sing. The cage bird sings with a fearful trill of things unknown but longed for still, and his tune is heard on the distant hill, for the cage bird sings of freedom. The free bird thinks of another breeze and the trade winds soft through the sighing trees and the fat worms waiting on a dawn bright lawn, and he names the sky his own. But a cage bird stands on the grave of dreams, his shadows shout and a nightmare scream, his wings are clipped and his feet are tied, so he opens his throat to sing. The cage bird sings with a fearful trill of things unknown but longed for still, and his tune is heard on that distant hill, for the cage bird sings of freedom another episode of get lit minute everybody thank you so much for listening please make sure to like comment subscribe review um and rate our podcast it really means the world to us if you you rate the podcast and share it with your friends um so we'll be back next monday um y'all have a great week bye